0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 53. In this episode, I'm speaking to Jasmine Starr about how to attract raving fans on social media. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, uplevel your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Jasmine Starr, who decided one day to become a photographer dropped out of law school, picked up a camera and became one of the top photographers in the world. With her gorgeous photos and a great sense of how social media actually works, Jasmine has built a huge following online and now teaches other creative entrepreneurs how to do the same. You'll find links to Jasmine Star and show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 53. I'm so excited to be here with Jasmine Starr. Thank you for being on my show, Jasmine. Thank you for having me, Sigrin. It's an honor. So I got to know Jasmine over the Inner Circle, James Wetmore Mastermind, and it's been wonderful to get to know you. And of course, I follow you like crazy on social media, and I was in awe, like, how can it be that this woman has 200,000 followers on Instagram, 200,000 on Facebook, 100,000 on Twitter, and I just read somewhere, 43,000 on YouTube as well. How do you do it? (laughs) With time and consistency and showing up. Oh, I thought there's like a secret recipe you could share with us today. (laughs) Oh, secret. If there was a secret recipe, I would sell it. (laughs) Okay, so when did you start?
1: Well, I started my career as an entrepreneur as a photographer. And that was around 2006 and 2007, really kind of just stepped into the first time of me actually understanding what it means to become an entrepreneur, to start my own business. And I was highly underqualified for all intents and purposes. I said I wanted to be a photographer and I didn't even own a camera. So, um, to friends and family, I had just left law school and they thought that this was this crazy idea. And yet my newly minted husband, we were high school sweethearts we had just gotten married and I did not want to go back to law school I didn't want to finish and he had said if you could do one thing for the rest of your life what would it be and I said I want to be a photographer and he said okay like he told me I would rather see you fail at something you love than succeed at something you hate and I think that he gave me the permission that I wouldn't give myself and he said for one year just try it and then if it doesn't work you can go back to law school and thankfully that year worked very well
0: So you just started to take pictures, like how would you convince a client to take a bet on a photographer that has no experience?
1: Well, I did that primarily by way of price. I didn't set myself up in the luxury market to begin with. I understood that, you know, people, they give a little bit more grace and latitude to people who are like on the lower end of the budget. And there are people who definitely wanted a photographer, but they couldn't necessarily afford the price tag that came associated with it. And oftentimes clients were booking me, you know, like maybe six months in advance. And whenever they would say, well, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, well, I've been doing this like four months, but your shoot's in six months, so by the time I actually shoot it, it'll be 10 months. So, (laughs) um, you know, you sell the silver lining, you don't sell the present day moment. Yes, yes, you do. And how did you learn? Did
0: you just watch others? Did you take any courses?
1: I know the type of learner that I am I was homeschooled throughout my the entirety of my life and so I definitely had a bent for creative learning I can't for the life of me you know watch something or actually I'm a visual learner but I can't like read something so I would read like a user manual and I' be like I, I don't know even know what this is what this is and so I had learned faster and quicker by way of mistakes and I think that at the time I was embarrassed of that but I think as an entrepreneur it's become an asset I don't I do not become connected to the outcome of a project. If it doesn't work, it doesn't mean I failed. Maybe one aspect of it failed, but everything I learned along the way is actually making me stronger in totality. So I watched YouTube videos. I Googled everything I needed to know. And then at the end of the day, the majority was like, get out and shoot. Like, if you want to write, go write. If you want to run, go run. If you want to paint, go paint. Like, you can't think and, hmm, I wonder what brush I should use. I wonder what canvas. I-. No, you do it. And you learn
0: faster that way. I totally agree. And this helps, actually, because there are a lot of people that say, well, I want to be a coach. Don't I need a certification first?
1: No. Well, I mean, it depends. I can't say that generally. Here's the thing. I don't want to dismiss this notion that there are people who do go to photography school, who get an MBA, and who get their law degree. I absolutely, for all intents and purposes, applaud that. But that's not necessarily everybody's life path. Because there are people who do get every credential, who do get every piece of people, who do get every diploma, and they still don't have the capacity to run a business or have people know, like, and trust them. The paper doesn't guarantee the end result, nor does the hustle guarantee an end result. there's kind of like you're going to have to find your own path and then you have to build a tribe along the way. Yeah. So social media,
0: when did that come into play? You were taking pictures. You were beginning to charge. Did you start
1: with social media right away? Well, I mean, we have to think when you think about it, this was 11 years ago. This is at a time when Facebook was... Right. Well, I mean, well, it was the early onset of social media. It was at the time what social media was to start off with blogging. And so I created a blog and I just shared information and I shared the journey. And I was unafraid of being vulnerable with what that looked like. Like I just got a camera or I don't really know what I'm doing. I literally wrote everything out there. And what I didn't realize was at the time was that that level of authenticity was so rare in the business world and so rare in the photography world that people... Clients and other people in the industry looked at that and were kind of like shocked, like how can she be so open about it? But it ended up working in my favor because it was a point of demarcation that I've been able to, as social media was introduced, carry that on over. I am very much okay to share personal elements or struggles on social media, as well as celebrations and peaks and valleys along with that. So I started blogging as an early onset and then uh, shortly thereafter, like 2008, 2009, Facebook, Twitter was the first. Oh, yeah. Twitter, well, yeah. yeah. well, actually, I, Twitter was like my gateway drug. I was like, I can't stand social media. Like, who cares what I'm eating for lunch? No one will pay attention. And for years, I kept on pushing it off and pushing it off. And then Twitter was kind of came around. A few of my friends started using it. And then I thought, oh, my God, there are conversations online that will allow and empower my business to scale in a way that I just didn't see before. And I think that I became a powerful tool in my arsenal later moving on to Facebook. And then later moving on to Instagram and Snapchat and with the next platform, the next iteration, whatever it'll be. Yeah, you will be there, too. I know. But Instagram
0: feels like the one you're most known for right now. Is that where you really love to
1: play or are they all equal to you? I think that from an outsider's perspective, Instagram would look like the platform that's perfectly suited because a large of what I do is visual. So on the content creation side, it would look like Instagram is like my playground. And while it is, I will say that I am more active and update more frequently on Facebook because from a marketing perspective, I've understood, now that might not be for everybody across the board, but my customer, people who actually transition from followers to buyers, like rest heavily in Facebook. So I'm gonna cultivate and spend the majority majority of my time of where I think I can really leverage my efforts, get real-time conversations and understand that there is beauty in slower growth, where Instagram, it's so much faster. It just, you, you move and you, you, know, you don't log in in a day and you don't know what's happened. Whereas Facebook, algorithmically, it's a little bit slower and it allows for me to have real-time conversations with clients in a very different way than Instagram. But I mean, from a personal perspective, I prefer Instagram, but from a business perspective, you know, and that's how I'm heavily using social media, it's 100% Facebook. Okay, so do you move people over from one platform to another or do you just keep them where they are? I keep them where they are. Oftentimes I'll try to cross-pollinate and tell my Instagram audience, oh, I'll be doing a Facebook Live. But by and large, people have their preferences and it's not for us to try to change what the market wants. It's our job to change for the market. And so I will create content that really facilitates those types of conversations within those platforms. I've heard that you don't
0: automate. So how does one... Engage with an audience in an authentic way without automating. And how do you have time for that?
1: Well, it's built into my workflow. I definitely set aside time every day to engage and I know what time I'll be posting. I know basically what I'll be posting. And then I leave myself a little bit of windows. So after I post, I'll be heavily watching that post for the next 20 to 25 minutes, because I understand that the algorithm is indexing how much engagement that particular post is getting. So it's gonna behoove me to really start those conversations, get it off. So hopefully it gets more organic reach along the way. I do believe that social media contrary to a lot of how entrepreneurs will use it is they just think like, if I just do it, then I'm doing it. It's like, well, no, just because you do it doesn't mean that you're really understanding what the audience wants and facilitating those conversations. Just because you post on Instagram doesn't mean that you're using it to build your business, doesn't mean that you're using it to start the conversations, doesn't mean that you're using it to build trust. Social media, what we have to always understand is a real conversation just happening on the internet. So that, you know, a lot of times automation is like running into a public bus and saying, hi, buy what I'm selling and then running off the bus and what if they have questions how do they contact you how do they follow up you know so it's really important to understand now I'm not saying that automation is a bad thing remotely I'm just saying that if you are going to automate understand that oh I have a post scheduled at 10 a.m in the morning I should probably hop onto that platform and see the conversations that are happening and engaging and let me look at my notifications let me look at my dms let me stay on top of those conversations because all conversations on social media for me have an endpoint, and that endpoint. is is a sale and transaction. I'm not on social media to be popular, I'm on social media to increase my profitability. And when you change that perspective, you work it into your workflow instead of being like, oh, I'm just, you know, shooting the breeze on Facebook. No, I'm having conversations that will ultimately increase my bottom line. Yes, and for people who are maybe automating
0: or not automating and not getting engagement, what is your recipe or advice for people to increase their engagement?
1: I think it's to truly understand, and I will say this again and again, is to truly understand who your audience is and what they want. Because so often we have to understand that social media, though we can speak to hundreds of thousands or millions of people, it doesn't necessarily mean that one, we're suited to that audience actually wants it. And two, the audience will actually buy the thing that we're selling. Ultimately for me, I don't use social media as like a personal buffet of, oh, I'm just using it. I'm just kind of strolling. No, I'm using it for business. And when you kind of like bring that funnel down, you understand, I don't need 200,000 followers. I need 200 followers who really are engaging with what I'm talking about, understand who I am, encourage the conversations, and they will then transition to customers. So if you're not getting engagement, I would say, first things first, take a step back and say, who am I going after? And I don't necessarily, one time I was uh, talking with an entrepreneur, I said, okay, so who are you trying to attract on Instagram? And she's like, women. And I was like... Okay, that's half the population of the world. So we're going to have to like narrow that down. How old is the people you're trying to attract? What are they on Instagram for? How long are they on Instagram? What do they want to see? What are they searching for on Instagram? Because when you can create content that actually serves the purpose for the thing that people are looking for, and then you can hashtag it appropriately and geotag it appropriately, then you have a full understanding that you're using it for business as a way not to point back to your business, but to serve potential customers, build trust and likability, then and only then will they transition to customers. It's not enough to say, I'm on Instagram and I'm posting my business, therefore I should get business. No, it's how do you serve, how do you build trust, and how do you start those conversations? That's the, the starting point. So would you say
0: that asking questions is a way to engage, or is it more sharing a story and letting them share a story back? Like, I'm trying to figure out if there's a recipe to the engagement.
1: Well, I think that it's difficult to say that there is a recipe because if there was a recipe, we would all be doing it. Now, asking questions for some audiences work really well and then uh, sharing personal stories work really well. But again, if we were to extrapolate how this truly works, if you and I happen to meet at a cocktail party, I would not ask you a series of 17 questions in a row we would have a conversation. I would share a story or I would say something I like or a helpful piece of content. But more than anything, I would really first and foremost, listen to the conversations that you're having with other people. And so on Instagram, on Facebook, how do we do this? Well, we could do that in Facebook groups. What are people asking about The services that we provide. On Instagram, I would surf hashtags specifically for female entrepreneurs or the hashtag work from wherever or hashtag uh, the glitter guide. I want to know what young female entrepreneurs are looking for and then I can create content that specifically speaks to the thing that they want to see and they want to read. Is it going to be out of the ballpark every time? No, I'll probably swing and miss 18 times before I actually connect with the right kind of person, but that's okay. My job is just to show up. My job is to understand the digital landscape, my job is to create content that they will find resonating, my job is to show up every day, my job is to ask questions, tell stories, and serve. So what about the hashtags? I notice when people have, I don't know, a certain amount of
0: followers, they stop using the hashtags.
1: Well, I'm going to answer this in two ways. The first way would be like when you have a lot of followers and you start using hashtags, you attract a lot of spam more often than the person because the spammer wants to go to the big accounts so they can potentially be seen. So there's that. That becomes a little bit of a complicating factor, although the recent algorithm change for Instagram has really cleaned up a lot of the bots. So it's been a positive thing. Also, that oftentimes you're not going to be seeing the hashtags that big Instagrammers are using because they can actually put them in a comment. So instead of putting the maximum 30 hashtags in the caption itself, they can actually put it in a comment. And because this person will probably get a lot of comments, nobody's really scrolling back like the 30, 40, 100 comments to actually see the hashtags that actually took place. So it could be one of two things. Yes. So how do you get them off, for instance, Instagram?
0: To your website or, yeah, wherever you want them to go to potentially go on your email list and then buy from you.
1: I'm a firm believer that... If you have good content, they'll get off the platform. They'll do it if by themselves you without want, you they'll asking. They'll do it. On Instagram, which is much different than Facebook, is on Facebook, there's so many opportunities to drop links and create lead magnets and move people from different funnels. And on Instagram, you only have one exit link. And that one exit link is in your profile. And so you want to be very careful with how you're using that exit link. So the exit link I always use for a free opt in. So for instance, uh, for a while, I was testing an opt in for five free stock photos. I'm a photographer. There's a lot of entrepreneurs who need stock photos. So I was able to build my list that way. And then since then have launched Social Curator. And that's basically every month you can sign up for a free social media video tutorial as well as a free stock image. But once I get them on the list, I can actually share the value of what Social Curator is and it's a digital media solution and subscription for entrepreneurs. And so always like, I'm never trying to stuff something down somebody's throat. It's like, do you want help with social media? Do you need stock photos? Do you need the right words to say, well then let's have a conversation and I'm gonna give you something of value first far before you give me your email address.
0: Yes, exactly. So, what would you say to someone who's just starting out and feels like this is a hopeless endeavor? You know, there are people out there with hundreds and 200,000 followers and they currently have 100.
1: Well, well, I would caution people to take a step back and say, like, it's like a five-year-old stepping on a tricycle and then trying to compare him or herself with the writers with the of like Tour de France. Like, you know, it's like they're just very big differences. But entrepreneurs and do I this all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. And it's normal. So I wouldn't necessarily shy away from like owning that fact, but then also understanding that everybody started where you started. And there are people joining these platforms In October of 2016, there were 500 million users on Instagram. And as of this moment, and we're recording in August, September 2017, there are over 700 million followers. So in this course of about six to seven months, well, maybe a little bit more than that, 200 million new users have joined the platform. So let's say hypothetically you joined in October of 2016. Well, there's an opportunity for people who have no idea on the platform for you to intercept them as well, and the more that you go out and engage. And oftentimes people say, I'm so overwhelmed. Well, instead of being overwhelmed, being nobody's coming to me, I always say flip that, flip the pyramid. You go out to others and have them come down to you because so often what we want is a triangle with us at the pinnacle, the peak. People come to me, people look at me. Well. It doesn't work that way. It's you have to go up to other people. You have to start conversations. You have to leave comments, like photos, participate in conversations on hashtags, participate on Facebook groups, like leave nice comment on other people's business pages, create content, tag other pages. Like how bad do you want this? And then backtrack. What do you need to do to get that type of attention? And it is possible, it is feasible. People are joining the platform every day and then in a couple months are just killing it. So it definitely works. Well, that was a perfect summary of what you need to do to have success on Instagram <laughs> and social media.
0: And you always speak so fast, which I think is great because we really got it.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, good. yeah, good, I don't speak fast. You listen slow. Yeah, exactly. That's just that's right. it. That's it, <laughs> that's it. Well, thank you for
0: joining me on the show, Jasmine. I really appreciate Aww, your time. Thank and you. looking forward to see you
1: soon again. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it very much.
0: Want to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to sigrun.com forward slash 53. There you'll also find links to Jasmine Star and the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigron Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.